we enter like a, a world and we marinate our whole being in kirtan and in kata and meditation and prayer for many hours because a conditioned structure can easily survive an hour this is called an hour lecture or something <laughs> but it cannot it will melt after many many hours and then suddenly things oh it it becomes real there is a taste just centering all attention about kirtan kirti glorification this is so wonderful and <clears throat> there is a great obstacle in spiritual life it's called anthropomorphism it's called projecting ideas from this world to there this is so boring this means i make myself like god because i make myself to the absolute so when and what suddenly when we look around even in spiritual traditions we start to shake and feel threatened how far this anthropomorphism is actually going because in many spiritual traditions we hear when we hear about god we hear about he is almighty and he's all knowing and this is called projection why because we are living in a world of constant danger and they threat at any step that's why the value of power is important imagine if you would live in a world of divine eternal love would the value of power be of any substance it's completely unimportant it just it would be just like if we would go to buy something in locarno with indian rupees and the, they would say no this currency has no value here so in a world full of love an eternal world the idea of power almightiness is completely obsolete is unimportant but we when we look at the spiritual traditions mostly it's focused yeah he's almighty that's why i have to surrender but now we spoke something quite different we enter not just from here to there but we enter the devotion of a divine revelation to hear about a world where power is insignificant krishna is not powerful he is even losing before the most weak coward boyfriends in battle 
or in in wrestling it is not the powerful there anymore and all knowing this is important in a world that is insecure we don't know what is happening the next moment uh, and you have to be aware very much and a very good technique is to know a lot of things otherwise you will be cheated so we will go beyond anthropomorphism in beyond projection from this world and how far even in religious ideas projection is going and god and the divine is just understood as almighty and all-knowing this is also there but the main glories especially the glories not in connection to this world but the, in connection to their own world is so much more precious and i'm so thankful that we can just speak and hear and meditate something about a personality which we actually have the closest relationship in Srimad Bhagavatam we just studied in Uddhava Gita when Krishna described Krihasta Ashram you know how should a household live in this world it's very interesting and he says you should see all the people around you like if you go on a through the desert and you meet in an oasis and you meet some other people traveling and you say hi how are you and you drink a little at the oasis some water and then you take your camels and you go in different directions again and this meeting at the oasis is called family is called society is called that but we you know, our external structure, we don't have relationships to there. We have it, like we heard yesterday evening, through the root, through the main relationship of the soul, the relationship to Radha and Krishna. Suddenly, we have a connection to everyone. But it's very interesting that Krishna is speaking this verse in connection to the mood of the householder in this world. So we have a very deep relationship and we are deeply expected by Shimati Radhika and by Shyam Sundar. And just before we give over to Maharaj, <coughs> there is one quality of Krishna that is considered a very deep one. It's called Krishna Akarsana. Krishna is himself attracted by love. He is, actually this is one of the qualities of Bhakti. Bhakti has Krishna Akarshini Tata. It, it acts attractive for Krishna himself. And not just here, when we come in connection with bhakti, which is the heart of Shimati Radhika, when we come in connection with bhakti and do the smaller thing, like Ananda just said, even offering a flower, 
Because when it's instigated and in connection with Radhika's love, Krishna becomes immensely attracted even to things, simple things in this world. That's why it said when a bhakta in surrender offers some food in this world, it makes something, it creates a desire in God who is Atmarama. It creates a desire in God who has actually no desires, who is always satisfied in himself because it's in connection with the slightest touch of Shimati Radhika. So this is not just in that, in this world here, even in the eternal world. We hear how Krishna in a very small age, he already got initiation in Vrindavan from Baguri Rishi. The wonderful, wonderful sadhu in Braj. And he got Radha Mantra. And every evening, Madhya Shoda, she's telling, hey Lala, you were tolling around with your cows and your friends whole day. So at least some time for bhajan should be there. <clears throat> so Krishna is going. They have a little bhajan kutir, a little room. And Krishna is going there. And actually he has a very nice parrot, a very beloved parrot. And he trained him to sing the names of Narayan, the names of God. And the parrot is singing the names of Narayan. And Krishna is sitting there, chanting the mantra that he got from Bhaguri Rishi. It's the names of Shimati Radhika. And he's standing with tears in his eyes. And Maria Shoda, she's again and again looking. Is he doing something? And he's hearing the parrot. She's very proud. Finally, my Lala is doing at least something precious today. So, and we hear many, much, much later when Krishna sometimes in the forest of Prandavan and he doesn't know how to meet Shimati Radhika in desperation Vrinda Devi gives him the very same mantra again and Krishna sits down and he sings these wonderful names of Radhika Krishna is attracted by his own Swarup Shakti and he closes his eyes and becomes really, really absorbed. And this is the time where the servants of Shimati Radhika bring Shimati Radharani directly in front of Krishna. And after some time, they touch Krishna very softly and tell him, Oh Shamsunda, you attained Mantra Siddhi, the perfection of your mantra. Krishna is opening the eyes and Shimati Radhika is standing directly in front of him. So <clears throat> that principle that Krishna is himself 
subjugated and dependent of intense love is of course lurking in the eternal spiritual world but it even acts here in this world that's why when by the power of Shimati Radhika in this world by the invitation of Bhakti so offer something of Krishna's creation and offer it to Krishna Krishna becomes indebted and he says I will never ever be able to repay you so this is the great mystery and wonder that contains this day where we can celebrate and I hope that this festival will continue for the rest of our life so now we want to ask Maharaj to offer a Pushpanjali to Shimanti Radhika. Shriman Krishna Chandra Prabhu Ki Magyanati Mirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshara Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gudave Nama Namashrishtam Manumapisachikutram Matrasarupam Rupam Tasyagrajamuru Purim Maturim Gostavatim Radha Kundam Vidipuramaho Radhika Madhavasam Tapto Yasha Pratita Gripaya Shri Gurum Tamnatasmi Gwancha Gulpataru Yasha Gripasandu Yahivacha Patita Nampavane Pio Nikila Shati Moli Ratnamaladiti Nirajita Padapanka Janta Aji Mukta Kulairupashamanam Paritashtam Harinam Samsrayami Anare Pita Charim Chirat Karunaya Vaterna Kalu Shamar Paitamunatoshvalara Samsavakti Shriam Hari Purata Sundara Dyuti Kadamba Sundi Pita Sadhari Dai Kandaresh Purato Vasachinandana Ajanulambita Bujo Kanakavadato Sankirtanaika Pitaro Kamalaya Takshu Vishwambaro Dui Jabaro Jugadharma Palo Ande Jagat Priyakaro Karunavataru Ladini Shakti Sarupaya Gaurangasuridayacha Vakta Shakti Pradana Yagadadaranamashtate He Krishna Karuna Sindho Dina Bandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kantaradha Kantanamashtate Radhe Vrindavanadishe Karunamrita Vahine Kripaya Nijapadabja Dasyan Mahyam Pradiyatam Makishwari Kriyashwari Sadeshwari Sudeshwari 
ತ್ರಿವೇದಾರತೇಶ್ವರೀ ಕಮಾನಸಾಸನೇಶ್ವರೀ ರಾಮೇಶ್ವರೀ ಕ್ಷಮೇಶ್ವರೀ ಪ್ರಮೋದಕಾನನೇಶ್ವರೀ ವ್ರಜೇಶ್ವರೀ ವ್ರಜಾಧಿಪೆ ಶ್ರೀರಾಧಿಕೇನಮಸ್ತೆ ತಸ್ಯಾಪರಾರಸಾರಿಲಸಮೂರ್ತಿರ್ಆನಂದಖಂಡಪರಮಾಧುತಶೋಕ್ಯಲಕ್ಷ್ಮೇ ಪದಾಬ್ಜಯಸ್ತವೀನವರದಶ್ರಮೇವಂಕಿಲೇವಿಯಾಚೆ ಸಾಖ್ಯಾತಿ ಮಮ ನಮಸ್ತು ನಮಸ್ತು ನಿತ್ಯಸ್ತುರಸ್ತು ಸತ್ಯ ಭಜಾಧರವಿಂದನೇತ್ರ ಸ್ಮರಾಧುರಾಸ್ಮಿತಾಧ ಕರುಣಾರ್ಬರಾರ್ದ್ರಂಥಿಗತಿರ್ನಕಾಕ್ತಿಯಾಕ್ಷಾಕ್ಯಾಕ್ಷಾಕ್ಯಾಕ್
the heart of every one of you presenting it in the form of kirtan and kata and prayers and meditations but anyhow in the service of the Vajna for my own purification and hopefully making of myself some at least one flower petal to be offered no i don't think i can make it full flower of my heart but at least let's try one little petal <laughs> we have to begin somewhere uh, a few words uh, hopefully only not mere words for the pleasure of Shirada, Shishirada Govinda, the Vaishnavas. So today we are celebrating mm, Sri Radha's appearance day. Uh, in our Boma Lila, we could say, that's one of the special features of the earthly Lila, that we can celebrate Krishna's uh, birth, Radha's birth, mm, something that doesn't happen in, in Golok. No? In Golok, Krishna is not born. Krishna is always there as Nava Yovanam. But on the Bhoma Lila, there is some like bonus track, some extra feature. In fact, Kavi Karnapur and other have said things like, in his own mood and bhav, he will say like, the whole Bhoma Lila is made for, for the bliss of Yashoda. Because there is no greater bliss for a mother to have that having a child. So in Boma Lila, Jashoda gives birth to Krishna. So we can extend that idea and, and, and apply that to also Sirada's you know, mother, father. <laughs> so as Krishna's birth is called Nandotsav, we could say today we are celebrating Brishabhanotsav, <laughs> basically. Kirtidotsav, yeah. The great celebration, the great festival uh, on Brishabhanos house basically Shirada's mm -hmm. birth so in our in Shastra in general there's not that much mention overtly about Shirada's birth as particularly in our Shastra the Srimad Bhagavatam let's say our Grantaraj the king of scriptures uh, we could say even less is mentioned apparently even officially her name is not mentioned in a direct way but of course, we know by the Bhagavatam itself, Paroksham Mamacha Priyam. <laughs> now Krishna says, I love when things are said indirectly. <laughs> I don't know, I don't like Krishna say when everything is said like plainly and very obviously and very clearly. That's not so that's not so crooked. So I don't like it, Krishna says. <laughs> because Krishna is crooked by nature, as you can see, crooked in every form. And he likes when things are like Today we are witnessing some bumsy chore lila also. No, if you pay close attention, you see where is the flute today. <laughs> so mm -hmm. Jayashri, she's defeating Hari. <laughs> so so Srimad Bhagavatam, in one sense, is not so much concentrated on giving, let's say, some technical details about when Shirada was born and things like may appear in other Puranas. But the Bhagavatam is mostly concentrated in providing the bhav, no? the essence of the mood of, of Sri Radha, of Rajabhasis, mm? the essence of the bhav to be developed, which is, in one sense, of course, more important mm? and beyond some other so-called technical details that we may find in other Puranas. Mm? 
And, and, and the very presence of Sri Rad, if we have the eyes to see, of course, in the Bhagavatam, is right there in the very name of the book. No? Sri Mad Bhagavatam. No? So I like to mention, I learned this explanation from Atul Krishna Goswami. He's one of the Radha Raman Goswami's very scholarly, very great devotee. Grandfather of Pandarik. Yeah, also great father of Pandarik Goswami. He will say that Sri Mad Bhagavatam means the madness or the mad mad means madness in not only in english mad but in sanskrit also mada the mad of sri for bhagavan and for krishna so sri mad bhagavatam that's what the book is about if you have the eyes to see just in the title you can see what everything is about like with the bhagavad gita no? if you have the eyes to see you don't need to even open the book no? like this famous devotee who was just contemplating the cover of the Gita and and crying profuse tears. And once Mahaprabhu approached him and asked him, why are you crying so much? And because he was he didn't know how to read. So even some people was joking about him, doing bullying on him. No? <laughs> and some people were thinking maybe maybe he's crying because he doesn't know how to read. Maybe because some other people is joking on him. But no, Mahaprabhu asked him, why are you crying so much? He said, he said, because when I watched, when I saw the cover of the Gita, which is always the same cover you have seen it, is Krishna's being the the Uber of Arjuna, basically, <laughs> the taxi driver of Arjuna, the chariot driver. And he said, when I see the cover, I'm seeing God Himself is being the servant of His servant. So Bhagavan, the Absolute, is so much conquered by love. That he's engaging in menial service to his servant. And I and I see that and I cannot contain my tears. So Mahaprabhu said, You don't need to open the Bhagavad Gita. You already got the essence of the Bhagavad Gita by just looking at the cover. <laughs> so similarly, if we have the eyes to see, we will just reach Srimad Bhagavatam and we know what the book is about. It's about the madness of Sri for Bhagavan for him. And as we will see, Bhagavan, for us, is not so much as as, as Krishna Chandra was mentioning. We we are not ultimately Bhagavan is not so much about opulence and almighty and all power. But as Sukadev Goswami says in the Bhagavatam, he says Bhagavan Bhakta Bhakti Mam. Interestingly, he says Bhagavan means the Bhakta of his Bhaktas. That's Sukadev Goswami. That's the Bhagavatam's definition of Bhagavan. He's the devotee of his devotees. And of course, as we will see, Krishna in particular is a, a great servant of Sri Radha. So, so this Srimad Bhagavatam again is all about the madness of Sri Radha for Krishna. If we have the eyes to see, that's where the whole book is pointing, where the whole book is converging. And of course, in the in the zenith of the Bhagavatam. Of course, we have we reached the zenith of the Braja Lila, Rasa Lila, after Gopi Gita, Krishna, as Krishna Chandra mentioned, Krishna appears and acknowledges I'm an eternal debtor here. So he's saying, I cannot repay your love for me. In the Gita, I say, as you serve me, I reciprocate. In the Bhagavatam, Krishna is contradicting the Gita. <laughs> Bhagavatam is another level. Krishna is saying, I cannot repay back. So let your love be your own reward. 
and it's and that reward is not only for you i want that reward also i want to taste it so in one sense in this zenith of the bhagavatam another bhagavatam appears chaitanya bhagavat the gore lila explodes in the zenith of krishna lila hmm? so in that connection i'd like to share a few words about mahaprabhu as, as some form of sometimes in Kirtan, you have this section called Gore Chandrika, where sometimes Kirtaniyas glorify Mahaprabhu before going to, to Krishna. Uh, and as Ananga Manjari also was quoting Sri Bhaktivala Tirtha Maharajji about first go to Mahaprabhu and naturally you will end up there. A few words regarding Sriman Mahaprabhu. It is said that to begin with regarding Sri Radha and the service of her, it is described as Baba Grahya. Baba Grahya means it it will be only understood with the proper feeling. If, if the heart is not in the right place, it will be impossible to penetrate into the mysteries of that. And for us to enter into those mysteries, or as we were talking before, to enter Vrindavan, Gaur Lila is like the doorway to that, no? Yatayata Gauda Padara Vindam Vindheta Vakrim Krita Punya Rasi Tatata Sarta Krishna Kashma Radha Padamboja Sudamburasi. Prabodhananda Saraswati saying very beautiful. As long as much as you go deep in the service, as much as you immerse yourself in the service of Gorhari, the more you emerge in the service of Sri Radha. There he's saying, sharing the magical formula. You immerse in Gaur Hari Lila, you emerge in Radha Dasan, basically. Because, why? Because Gaur Hari is Krishna himself showing the glories of Radha's love, showing the way to her heart, but he himself entering into her heart as Gaur Krishna. That's his ultimate theft. Krishna is known as an accomplished thief, but he, he attained like his PD, PhD of theft in Gorlila, we could say. No? As a child, he was known for stealing butter. No? Those were his first attempts in the world of thievery, basically. No? Some butter is relatively easy. And he, he had license for that. He was a child. No? The dharma of a child is to be mischievous, so it's okay. <laughs> Eventually, he tried a little going beyond butter. He started start, start to steal the gopi's clothes. We have the famous Bastraharana Lila. So he went a little bit beyond butter. No? Taking clothes is working. <laughs> so he goes a little bit beyond and he starts to steal the heart of each one of the gopikas, eventually the heart of Sri Radha. And eventually he steals Radha's, again, heart and Radha's halo and luster in the form of Gorhari, Triman Mahaprabhu ki jai, plundering the, the depths of, of Radha's heart. So, <clears throat> and as we say these days, this, this experiment, so to say, of Krishna's exploring the depths of Radha's heart is very risky. Where, this, where he will end, what will happen to him? She Radha herself knows. No? And, and, and in this way, she blesses Krishna, so to say, too, and embraces him and gives him Radha Besh, to make a play of words, and Radha Abesh. So Radha Besh means like Radha Duty, the, the, the external color 
that Mahaprabhu adopts. And Radha Abhish, Abhish means internal absorption. So Radha provides to Sri Krishna both Radha Abhish, Radha Abhish. External luster, internal bhav. And of course, there are many, many loving devotees in Braj. But again, Krishna is very eager to fathom the greatness of Sri Radha's heart. And as we mentioned these days, Radha's heart is a fathomless ocean. So even when, for example, if we study Sikshastakam, the last verse of Sikshastakam, Ashli, Shabha, Pinashtumam, and so on, when it appears in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami says, Sri Radha spoke this verse. So he is implying there, Mahaprabhu did it. He's, he has become Radha, so to say. He has been successful in his tasting Radha Bhav. At the very end of his Lila, uh, he spoke this verse in full Radha Bhav. But we will add to that, yes, he's successful and we join the celebration, but at the same time, the celebration and the success of the celebration is ongoing because Radha's heart is endless, bottomless ocean. So we need a Nitya Naudu. Again, that's the best theological explanation why there has to be a Nitya Naudu. <laughs> because Krishna is drowning in the depths of that ocean of Radhavav and he finds no end to the depths of that. So, so that's an important point to make in relation to how Krishna chooses. What's Krishna's post Panjali to Sri Radha? Gorhari, basically. <laughs> Mahaprabhu is the best way in which Krishna is is singing the glories of Shurada by dedicating perpetually as Gorhari to explore the depths of her heart. So a little, a little some more introductory words in connection to Sri Gorhari. In connection to Sri Radha, and before going to the zenith of Bhava, so to say, a few words on Tatwa to prepare the ground. <laughs> and as already some of you mentioned today, in more technical terms, Krishna will be Shakti Mam and Sri Radha will be Shakti. Krishna is the energetic source, Sri Radha is the energy. The Absolute has energies. Parasi Shaktir Vividhaiva Shriyate, he said in the Shatashvatara Upanishad. The Absolute has Shakti, has potency. Three main ones, but Sri Radha is the source of all Shakti, we could say. Every Shakti, and, and, and she's specifically Antaranga Shakti or Krishna's internal energy. And it is described in the scriptures that each one of these personified energies have their own will. As we are Tatasta Shakti and we have our will, she's the very personification of Sarup Shakti. So she's not just an abstract energy. Remember, going back to the idea, not a concept, not an abstraction, a theory, but it's a very embodied, personified, <laughs> personal entity. Hmm? So, and being Swarup Shakti personifies, she only exists for the full pleasure hmm, of Shakti Ma. Hmm? <clears throat> Knowing which is the, the thing that most will, that will give, give Hari most pleasure. And that's basically the disposition of Shura that we spoke the other day. No? Anukul. No? Her mood is Anukul. Anukul means whatever is favorable for Krishna at that precise moment, she's ready to adapt and provide that. Whether that takes, if, 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 if Bhagavan appears as Ramachandra, she appears as Sita. 
if Bhagavan appears in Narayan, she appears in Lakshmi. No? Even in other forms of her beloved, she's willing to adapt in all these different forms just to provide the necessary mood of service. <clears throat> and as you mentioned, Shakti Shakti Matura Veda, it is saying Shastra, between the energy and the energetic source, in one sense there is no difference. The two of them are one. And we will say more specifically, they are one, not in an impersonal sense, but Radha and Krishna are inseparable. They cannot live without one another. In that sense, they are a bed, <laughs> non-difference. They belong to one another in the deepest sense of the term. When we say parakia, the word parakia means belonging to someone else. I will so, always say parakia bhav. You will never say parakia tattva. <laughs> because in tattva, Radha and Krishna belong to one another. In bhav, it feels like <laughs> she rather belongs to someone else. And that creates the whole parakia dynamics, no? which increases, of course, the loving interaction. But in Tatwa, they eternally belong to one another. Hmm? Uh, Shirada Smod is, as a famous verse in, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Krishna Mai, Krishna Yara Krishna Krishna Mai, she's full of Krishna. So whatever she's, she puts her eye, Ajanha, Janha, Netrapode, Da, Krishna. Whenever she puts her eye, she's seeing Krishna. Krishna here, Krishna there, Krishna here, Krishna there. Inside her, Krishna, outside her, Krishna. That's why her, her clothes are generally lumbar. Huh? Krishna's color, and that's why Krishna's clothes are Pitambara, huh? Radha's color. <laughs> For her, everything is Krishna. She's a fanatical of Krishna. She's fanatic, but in a proper way. <laughs> Kanista Bhakta is fanatic in a in not so relishable way. Huh? <laughs> Shirada is a fanatical of Krishna's pleasure. That's the point. Mm -hmm. So, whatever she sees, as someone was saying, I think the first day I came, no, that Krishna is their eyes. No? We were saying, who said, you say that? Someone said, no. And our eyes have been taken yeah. from us and so on. I'm cursing Brahma and so on. Sometimes you say that the gopis use this kajal. How do you translate in eyeliner? Eyeliner. And basically the, the, the eyeliner, the kajal is of the color of Shamsundra, no? which basically implies those are what their eyes are about. No? Mm -hmm. Just Shama Sundar, Shama Sundar, Shama Sundar. <laughs> Nothing else. Hmm? And Shirad is that. No, Shirad, not only all her, all her senses are, are for him, but all of Krishna's senses find, we could say, shelter in Shirada. That's how it is described in Shastra. Krishna, Driya, Bishram, Badu, Chalika. No, she's the resting place of Krishna's senses. Krishna has very demanding senses, so it, she, it requires a very fitting vessel for him to offer them, basically, on a daily basis. So she's always willing to offer herself in service to Bhagavan. One, one name that she rather receives among many of them, many thousands of them, is Sumoki. So Sumoki means she who has a beautiful face. But some of our acharyas have explained that Sumoki is an abbreviation of another word, which is Sevonmoki, hmm. hmm. which is she who is 
whose face is sweet because she's always inclined towards seva. So her face is always shining, smiling, beautiful. Why? Because he's her seva on muk. She's very inclined towards seva, therefore her face is shining. Not only her face, everyone's face. If you are properly inclined to give pleasure to Bhagavan, your face will be like a very transparent mirror of your of your heart. And as we know, Sri Radha is inclined to serve Sri Krishna to give pleasure to him, even in the face of the greatest obstacles. Because it's easy to offer ourselves in service with everything is just like put on gold, on a golden tray in front of us. When the obstacles start to come there, we will be invited, we will be put to test. Basically, how much do I want to serve? So much that all these obstacles become increasing my, the fire of surrender. No? Like many of these examples of the Goswamis wanting to join Mahaprabhu and for one reason or another, they were not able, they were not able, they were not able, Raghunath Das Goswami, in, in the jail of the house, so to say, Sanatana Goswami literally in jail. <clears throat> and it's not that they said, oh, too many obstacles, I give up, I won't meet Mahaprabhu, I will do something else with my life. <laughs> the more the obstacles, the more strength they, they obtain from the obstacles. Sometimes the example is given of the, of the lion. And so the lion is walking and an elephant comes on the way, trying to attack the lion. And, and the elephant is an obstacle. What does the lion? The lion defeats the elephant, eats the elephant, and gets nourished by the obstacle, basically, and continues with more strength than before. So Sri Radha is the Acharya in that, so to say, on a daily basis. I mean, she has more obstacles in, in 15 minutes of her life than all the ones we have in one lifetime, basically. <laughs> And she just pierces all of them and is ready to adjust and adapt to meet Shyam Sundar. As so many descriptions are in Shasta. No? For example, is if there is Purnim, there is full moon, Shirada will dress with a white cloth. No? Like today. She will paint her lip, she will use sandal paste lipsticks. No? She will have a, a blue lotus in her hand. So everything will be white about her. So she camouflages with the full moon. So she can go on Abhisar, on love journey, and meet Shamasundar eventually. Of course, it is also mentioned that in, in her Abhisar, Abhisar is like love journey. She will become so anxious of, of meeting him finally that in the, in the context of running, although she put all those clothes to camouflage herself, eventually... All those clothes will feel to her like thousands of kilograms of weight that is not allowing her to run more swiftly and meet her. So she starts to take off the bangles and throw them. She feels my own breasts are a big weight. I, I, I would like to get rid of them so I can run more quickly and meet him as soon as possible. Uh, and so on and so forth, basically. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> So again, so many obstacles, and those obstacles sometimes, uh, it's night, it's full moon night, but still it's night. But it is said that the flame in her heart, you know, the flame of Cupid, 
in her heart is showing light in, into her path. Even if you now there are many other things that I won't enter into those details, but there are beautiful descriptions that how she rather sometimes even at her house trains on the daily basis and, and trains with snakes and trains with with glass on the floor and walking and with with mud and, and being expert to walk on mud. So because she will face all those things when at the, at night she's going to meet with Sham Sundar. But for her, all these are her greatest ecstasy. Again, it may sound externally, that sounds like masochism, <laughs> as we talked the other day. Externally, it sounds like very strange. But when we are educated to understand this, we understand that's the highest, highest ecstasy there. And of course, again, Krishna cannot help but be absorbing her by the way she's behaving. As Krishna Chandrapu was giving this example when Jashoda is sending Krishna to the Bhajan Kutur. Also, sometimes that happens when Radha goes to cook at Nanda Gram in the, in, the, in the midday. And she's cooking and, and Jashoda sends Krishna, like, go to your Bhajan Kutur and do some sadhana. Stop stealing stuff and get straight for a moment. <laughs> and as Krishna Chandra was saying, he starts to chant Radha Nam. And the fruit of chanting the mantras, as Krishna Chanda mentioned, mantra seed is you have darshan of the deity of your mantra. So he's chanting his mantra, and Radha is in the other room cooking. So he he chants a while, and then he peeks through the window and has darshan of the fruit of his mantra fulfilled, basically. Seeing his sister Devata, basically, in one sense. So Shirada is completely victorious over Krishna, we could say. Now, that's one of the unique attributes as, as in the words of Krishna Chanda, Krishna Karshani. Krishna is the all-attractive, but the all-attractive becomes all-attracted. That's an interesting thing. He's the all-attractive, but he's the all-attracted simultaneously by the strength of her love. Sometimes terms have been used like Swadhina Bhartrika, you know, like how to show the strength in which she Sri Radha is like absolutely subjugating Krishna to the utmost degree. No? <laughs> and Krishna becomes basically a slave at her feet. Mm -hmm. One of the names of Sri Radha to indicate this is Jayashri. Mm -hmm. Jayashri means she who is victorious or whose beauty Sri Jai conquers. Mm -hmm. Conquers he who conquers everything else. Krishna's Madan Mohan, he conquers he who conquers everyone else, Cupid, but Sri Radha is she who conquers, he who conquers everyone else, so to say. Madan Mohan Mohini. And that's how Sri Radha's intimate servants is today. Um, Arjun Prabhu was sharing this famous story of Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta, how we, our particular perspective is, okay, we... We include Krishna in the picture because he has some connection with Radha. So some in the same way when, when the intimate servants of Radha see her dominion over Krishna, they were like no, they were swelling with pride, no my swine. It is say basically, my mistress is Sri Radha, she is Vrindavaneshwari. And I worship Giridhari because he's the Lord of her life. No? <laughs> no. I love Krishna, but 
the sambanda there is I love him because she loves him particularly so and Krishna enjoys so much when he's treated like that when he's mistreated like that if you will that that's the greatest ecstasy as we talked I think yesterday about man again and how Krishna enjoys this this modern which she read especially as, as today you were reading about ahetuman sahetuman when when she rather has a good reason to be angry with Krishna she doesn't need Lalita to tell, keep your man in that moment. <laughs> she keeps the man herself because she has a reason to be angry with Krishna. And all these attempts in which Krishna is subjugating himself to her feet, as we were reading today, that gives Krishna so much pleasure. And Sri Radha knows that. Sri Radha knows that. <clears throat> So it is described in Chaitanya Charitamrita that when Sri Radha enters in man and conquers Krishna from that place, Krishna forgets absolutely all the people who are praying to Krishna, invoking Vedic hymns and all this like Om Sahasra Sirsa Purushaha Sahasraksha Sahasrana. Over. No more Purusha Shukta. All those Vedic hymns are burned into the fire of. <laughs> Radha's man and Krishna is just like completely aware of how to pacify her, how to obtain her favor, basically. Mm -hmm. And Sri Radha is angry, angry. Sometimes when Sri Radha is really into man, she doesn't, she not only she doesn't want to see Krishna, for she always wants to see Krishna, but at the same time, the dynamics of the Lila to give him pleasure is, I don't want to see Krishna. And at one point he says, I don't want to see anything that resembles Krishna. No, so if in the through the window there is a tamal tree, Shira will ordain her managers cover all the windows. No, and if some wall is painted black, paint the wall orange, whatever. She has some ornament that has his color, which by the way, generally are all of them. <laughs> so she starts to take out whatever resembles Hari. So all this is in the creative tension, as we talked the other day, to, to reach. A new level of of rasa, basically. Hmm? But again, even though externally she rather seems proud, she seems angry. She's perfectly humble in doing all that. Hmm? You got actual humility means hmm, to act for the pleasure of Bhagavan, whatever it takes, however form it takes. Hmm? For example, when Shirada examines her heart, of course there will be so many. Mood, so many moments, so many vibes. But she, at points, she will acknowledge, "Yes, I love Krishna so much." But also, she will say, "But that's not my merit. That's his beauty. How you cannot love him? He's so beautiful. So his his beauty is the cause of my love. It's not so much that I'm so special. It's his beauty that makes me love him madly, like I do. So from that platform of perfect humility." Love evolves. No? Sanatan Goswami says in, in Brihad Bhagavatamrita, Prem and Dainya, love and humility are cause and effect of each other. You cannot have one without the other. The more humility, the more Prem. The more Prem, the more humility. The more humility, the more Prem, and so on and so forth. No wonder that Mahaprabhu emphasized humility so much, Trinahada Pisinichina, no? to converge into the world of Prem, but create that proper foundation 
And again, this type of mood makes Krishna being completely controlled by her. By her. Mm -hmm. This is this nice verse is shared in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Um, how it is? Govindanandini Radha Govindamuhini Govindasarvasa Sarabhakanta Siromani. Then it quotes the other verse from the Tantra. Devi Krishna Mai Prakta Dika Paradevata Sarva Lakshmi Mai Sarva Kanti Sammohini Bara. So these two verses, very beautiful ones, are all these different names of Sri Radha. And most of them speak about how she conquers Krishna. She's Sammohini, no? the, the supremely enchantress. Is that the word? Enchantress. <laughs> no, she's Govinda Nandini, she who gives Ananda to Krishna. She's Govinda Mohini, she who captures, conquers Hari. She's Govinda Sarvaswa. She's the all in all for Krishna. At this point, Krishna Daskaras doesn't know what else to say. I mean, the all in all for him. She's Sarva Kanta Shiruvamani. She's the crest jewel of all lovers, and so on and so forth. So Shirada's prem is so big that sometimes our chairs will say that in, in front of that prem, Krishna becomes like Bam and Dev. What to do? In one sense, Krishna is the bigger of the biggest. He's praised as such. But in front of Shirada's controlling prem, subjugative love, Krishna becomes like, feels himself, as we were talking today, a student in her school. Hmm? Guru. So, Krishna, if you are if you are interviewing Krishna and asking who you who are you, what's your upadhi, what's your identity? I'm a dancing pupil in in Trivada School of Love. That's what I'm. I'm eternal student. We should be eternal students. Krishna himself is leading with his own example. He that's how he feel about himself. Again, try to understand this. This is not just a a nice idea. That's true. That's how he leaves his I'm an eternal student of her her movements. So so for him loving her is the goal of his life. In one sense, for, for us, the goal of our lives is Prem Prayojan, divine love. In its own way, for Krishna, the goal of his life is also Prem Prayojan. His Prayojan, he can always love rather more. He already is loving her. But as we mentioned, the, the goal of life is such that it's always increasing. Divine love doesn't have an end. So you can always reach a new layer of the goal of life. <laughs> so... The goal of life for us and the goal of life for God is the same, love. Love is the goal of life for everyone, including God. <laughs> That's the greatness of that. Somehow we are celebrating that. So I'd like to conclude, if you give me a few minutes, to with two verses that I like a lot uh, from Sri Radha Rasa Sudhanidhi, from Prabodhananda Saraswati. These are like, Pranam mantras, one pranam mantra to Radha, one pranam mantra to Krishna. But these two are very particular, as you will see, <laughs> in the sense that the two of them point to how Krishna is basically subjugated at the feet of Sri Radha. 
whether when Prabhu Dananda Saraswati is praising Radha, he will point to that fact. No, another one. I mean, the, the whole book is about that, basically. <laughs> if you study Radha Rasa Sudanid, I mean, the author is partial towards Sri Radha. You can see it from the first letter of the first word of the first verse. <laughs> so let's start with the Pranam Mantra to Krishna. I'm sorry that I don't have, like, yes, last year we had all the mantras written. I, I didn't do my homework this time. <laughs> This is verse 201 for those who then will like to go deeper into that. So this is a pranam to Sri Krishna. It says, Rasa Gana Mohan Murtim Vichitri Kili Mahotsavolasitam Radha Charanabiloditam Ruchirasti Khandam Harim Bande. To Harim Bande, I offer Bandanam, I offer pranam to Hari. No? So it starts pranam for Krishna, but who is Krishna? <laughs> Through the lens of Prabodhananda Saraswati. Of course, he's Rasagana Mohana Murtim. Now he's a very charming form of Rasagana, a very condensed, thick rasa. He's not only rasa, he's very condensed form of but which is that Krishna who is the very form of condensed rasa? Then he says, Bichitra Keli Mahotsabalitam. No, that he's um he's enjoying a festival of beautiful pastimes and then he says radha charanabiloditam ruchirasikandam harimande he wears a very beautiful peacock feather and that peacock feather is rolling at the feet of sri radha now in other words it's depicting how krishna is at her feet as we were reading before and rolling at her feet in ecstasy. That's Rasa Ghana Mohanamur. That's the that's the God we worship. That's the Krishna we worship. Because there are many Krishnas. Not only Krishna in Dwarka, Krishna in Mathura. There are many Krishnas in Vrindavan. There are different sections in Vrindavan. You have the Antar Mandal, the Bahir Mandal, inner circle, outer circle, Krishna in connection to different devotees. But the Krishna Gaudiya Vaishnava worship. <laughs> Is that who is rolling at the feet of Sri Radha, who is defeated in love in the battle of love, so to say? Hmm? Two hundred one. So this is the God we worship. That's the form, the most attractive Krishna form, Rasa Gana Mohana Murtim. When Krishna's head is being inclined and touching the feet of Radha, when God inclines at the feet of love, personified. <laughs> That's the Krishna we worship, specifically. We worship a God who inclines, who bows down to love. This is the same idea found in Gita Govinda. Dehipada Palavam Udara. You may know this story. I'll briefly mention it from this author, um, Jayadev Goswami. He was composing Jaya, uh, Gita Govinda. And as you know, this line came to him, like divine inspiration. Dehipada Palavam Udara, which basically means... Krishna is putting his head at the feet of Sri Radha. But he didn't write the line because he thought, this is too much. <laughs> Gita Govinda came many, many years before all our Rasa Shastras were written. And at that time, nobody was saying such audacious things. So the idea came to Jayadev's mind. Radha is, uh, Krishna is 
falling at the feet of Fred and I say, no, no, I cannot write this. this too, I think I need a break and go for a walk because some strange ideas are coming to my mind. <laughs> so he went for a walk or whatever. <laughs> and when he returns, he sees, there are different versions of the story, but the point is he returns and he sees his wife having lunch. And in their dynamic tradition, the wife was always having, serving him lunch and then having her lunch. So he returns and why you didn't wait for me for lunch? No. And she says, what, what are you talking about? You already had lunch like half an hour ago. I said, no, I went for a walk for the last two, two, two hours. I said, no, no, you came an hour ago. I served you lunch and now I'm having lunch myself. So Jayadev is like, what's going on? So he says, on, on the side, he had closed the palm leaves he was writing and they were kind of, huh, of open. Huh? And he went there and saw, huh? so Krishna came, this guy says, Jadev Goswami, <laughs> had lunch <laughs> also, he was hungry. The main mission, <laughs> the main mission was he came to write the line himself to say to Jadev, that's true. The idea that came was divine inspiration, it was not your mental dysfunction. He was, so, so after that, this line was part of including Gita Govinda, which is Krishna bows down. He recites his favorite place of residence is there at those feet. And that form in this verse of Radha Rasa Sudanese is Rasa Ghana Mohanamurti. Condensed Rasa. Taitiri Upanishad say Rasa Vaisaha. The absolute is Rasa. But the quotes will turn that statement. <laughs> I will say, they are, okay, the absolute is rasa, but Krishna, the feet of Radha, is rasa condensed, rasa 2.0, as they say nowadays. No? <laughs> the form, the very form of condensed rasa. Rasa Raj, Krishna's rasa Raj. There is his fully rasa Raj at her feet. And uh, there is this famous Lila in this connection. You may know it, but it's very beautiful. Before going to the last verse, which is the pronoun mantra to Sri Radha. And this beautiful leading, which Sri Radha is in man with Krishna, one of the many situations. She's angry with Krishna with good reason. So Krishna is at her feet and trying to appease her, trying to pacify her man. It is not working. It is not working as we're... He has his peacock feather, he inclines his head on her feet, which has lack the red. How do you say, I don't know? Yeah, how do you say that in German? Okay, so anyhow, the point is that Krishna is at that situation, her head is marked with the red lack, she is still in a difficult mood. So some of the manjaris are there and they get inspiration to give siksha to Krishna. What you can do to appease her. Hmm? So they pass him like in a clandestine way, like some paintbrush and some red lag and say, he shares some secret. So they tell him, why don't you decorate our Swami's feet? Why don't you draw some design there? I, I, we feel that that will be that's the entry point, no, to break the her man. So Krishna takes the paint, paintbrush, you say, 
uh, put some luck on points to Sirada's feet, the most sacred of the sacred, and starts to to try to do something, but uh, it's too much for him. Uh, with tears rolling of his eyes, his heart starts to tremble. So some of the managers will come and say, you don't know how to do it. Give me to me. Uh, so they start to give Krishna less art lessons. Although Krishna is known as Kalanithi, which means he's an ocean of artistic delight. But at Radha's feet, again, he's a junior. No? He's a he's Kanishta, he's beginner <laughs> in connection to and the manjaris have to school him about arts. Mm -hmm. So, anyhow, eventually he learns the lesson and he continues. He starts to draw some design. He starts to appreciate the fortune of that foot luck. The good luck of the foot luck. No? <laughs> the luck, I'm making a play of words in English here. So he's thinking, oh, no, this foot luck is so fortunate. I mean, I would like to be that foot luck. I would like to eternally reside at Radha's feet. Hmm? But I cannot do that for practical reasons. I have to do so many other things on a daily basis. But I would like to reside there. So Krishna then has a moment of Aishwarya. Yeah. <laughs> so Aishwarya has some purpose in the in the Madhurya Lila, as we can see. You know, his omniscience is assisting the intimacy. Oh, it is said that me and my name are non different. That's why Krishna Chandra Prabhu say, Abhina Tvam Namanami no. Nam Chintamani Krishna, this famous line we say, between Nam and Nami, the name and the named, Abhina Tvam, there is no difference. So Krishna reminds, everyone says that I'm not different from my name. Hmm? So my name, or in other words, me in the form of my name, can stay in Sri Radha's feet forever. So I will write my name in her feet. Hmm? So Krishna starts to write his name on the sides of Sri Radha's feet no? and, and he becomes like overwhelmed by by the beauty of his own name on her feet and he say wow my oh, my name is more fortunate than me no? this is another way to glorify Sri Nam no? even in Krishna's own consideration he will say yeah my name is completely more fortunate than me no? like Rupa Goswami will say no? the name and the name are non-different but if you want to establish some difference because we love to establish differences, <laughs> he will say, then the name is more merciful than the named that Krishna. And Krishna will agree. No. <laughs> Regarding on the basis on this Lila. Yeah, my name is way above me, he will say. And this is another way to take further shelter in, in Srinam Prabhu, basically. Offer that chanting at the feet of Sri Radha. So a few words regarding this first verse, which is a pranam mantra to Krishna, but we see how in the context of offering pranam to Krishna, Radha's glories are presented. And just a few more words before concluding with the other verse, which is verse 13 of Radha Rasa Sudhanidhi. And this is a pranam to Sri Radha directly, but in a very similar mood. So it says, Vrindava Neshwari Tavaiva Kodara Vindam so here, Vrindavaneshwari, <coughs> Sri Prabodhananda Prabhu addresses Sri Radha as the queen of Vrindavan, 
you are Vrindavaneshwari. And she refers, he refers to Krishna Madhupati, which means the Lord of honey, literally. It's yeah. no? another way of, to describe Krishna is it, how drunk he becomes in tasting nectar, basically, like the bumblebee. Brahmar Gita has a lot to say about that. <laughs> so this verse says that, O Vrindavaneshwari, when Madhupati is holding your most cooling lotus feet, Remember, we are in that situation with the previous verse. He's there. Hmm? And those feet of yours are filled with the honey, so to say, of nectarian love. He's Madhupati. He's a bumblebee, and your feet are the source of all honey, the horse of all nectar. He's holding those refreshing feet. When he's doing that, his heart, hmm? In his heart, he extinguishes the terrible forest fire of desire. So I take shelter of those feet. Ashrayami, he says. So Pradodananda Saraswati describes Krishna as burning with desire. We speak now of our own forest fire. Sometimes samsara is described as a forest fire. Krishna is in his own forest fire of desire, of need. So when he takes those feet, Sometimes he puts them in his heart. He feels like the forest fire is a piece. No? Those two feet are more cooling than all the moon rays put together. Mm -hmm. And of course, taking those feet, Krishna himself is serving those feet. One name of Krishna is Krishna Kinkar. Krishna Kinkar may mean servant of Krishna, but also will mean Krishna as a Kinkar. Kinkar means servant. Mm -hmm. Kimkar. In Sanskrit, Kim Kara. Kara means karomi, to do. I mean, Kim means what? So Kim Kara means what to do. Or like, how can I serve you now? That's the service disposition of Krishna to Radha. No? How to serve you now? What's the most favorable way of serving you? Hmm? As we mentioned before, Bhagavan Bhakta Bhaktimam. Bhagavan is a devotee of his devotees. So the ultimate face of Bhagavan is seen in Sri Krishna. And the ultimate face of the devotees in Sri Radha. So the ultimate face of Bhagavan serving his devotees is Sri Krishna honoring hmm, Sri Radha's feet. Hmm. You ultimately, all this taking to the most wondrous form of Sriman Mahaprabhu again. So also that's why today, tomorrow we were thinking we will continue extending the celebration by talking about Gadadhar Pandit. Because that's another layer of Radha Tattva, huh? because Mahaprabhu is Krishna tasting Radha Bhav, but Gadadhar is Radha giving blessings for Krishna to taste Radha Bhav, allowing Mahaprabhu to be successful. So we will be talking tomorrow more about the service disposition of Radha as Gadadhar in Gorlila. Hmm? And how she is again, Anukul, whatever is most favorable for the need of my beloved, I take that corresponding form, that corresponding mood. She has no mood of her own. Her mood is whatever is favorable for Krishna in that particular moment. That's Radha, basically. <laughs> so that's what we are celebrating today also. We are celebrating the possibility of, of glimpsing at this highest love. Uh, but this glimpsing is a big commitment also. It's not just like as we were talking these days, some funny thing, entertaining, or something to enjoy. It's a deep commitment. Uh, 
with the necessary adhikar to serve in such a realm. You know, if this is something that inspires us, the next question is, again, what to do? What I can do to gradually get closer to that realm of service? And that's very intense. Like Bhaktivinoda Thakur sings in his Gita Mala, he will say, Jugala Milan Sukar Karana Jibai Chaditi Pari. For uniting Radha and Krishna, I'm prepared to give up my life. For he, he, he will never do that, but he's willing to do that. Because why? Because in, as we say the other, in separation, they are about to give up their lives. In Shatamari, it will give up hundreds of lives. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Not even once, one time is enough. No. Hundreds and hundreds. If that will allow them to get together, I'm willing to do that. Mm -hmm. And of course, that willingness to die <laughs> is the highest form of aliveness, so to say. <laughs> the more you are willing to die in that service disposition, the more living you will be. The more you, we will be able to offer something living, something profound. So anyhow, a day like today, we, we pray to receive some mercy in the form of Adhikar to get closer to in this direction of commitment in Seva, in relation to the Vaishnav, to Sri Guru, Gorhari, Shishirada Govinda, Sachinandan Gorhari ki jai, Sharinam Prabhu ki jai, Shri Sri Radha Govinda ji ki jai, Sri Radhasthami ki jai, Gorpramandari, Manchakalpataru Vishrakripa Sindhubhya Evacha, Patitanam Pavanepyo Vaishnavepya Namah. Thank you.